Dun, 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 the national anthem. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, no. I think that's the presidential. The presidential. What is it? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm thinking of running for president. Nicholas Pearson, 2028. 2028? Probably 2024. No. Yeah. You can't even run yet. Oh, yeah. You actually probably can't run till. How old do you have to be? I think 35. Oh, shit. 2036 it is. Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> you can be the first lady, though. Ooh, perfect. But anyways. Welcome to Fill Your Cup and Level Up. I'm Katrina. And I'm Nicholas. And today we have a pretty interesting episode for you where we dive into trying something new. And feeling stuck. And how to feel unstuck, maybe. And how to solve all your problems that you could ever think of. Yeah, so listen to the whole thing because it'll change your life. <laughs> Not all your problems, but pretty close. <laughs> So what's on our agenda today? So I figured today we could talk about trying something new, basing this off of what Hannah talked about last week, where trying new stuff pretty much fills her cup or is something that helps her figure out new things to fill her cup. Gotcha. So my first question for you is, when is the last time you tried something for the first time? Yeah, so I would say probably a few months ago, trying out mountain biking. At first, it wasn't wasn't that enjoyable. I feel like I didn't prepare properly uh, for trying something new like that. And uh, I don't think I had, I was in the right mindset. Mm -hmm. But recently, I've found that I've really enjoyed it. And I've got my own bike. And I want to do it more often, like twice a week at least, or, you know, even more. I think it's a great way to spend your spare time and get exercise at the same time and kill two birds with one stone. So it's been cool. That is pretty cool. What first pushed you to want to try mountain biking? So something like this, I think it was sparked more of a lot of people were talked about it and a lot of people in Colorado do it. And you'll see not necessarily mountain biking, but on the streets, you'll see a lot of people biking in general. Mm -hmm. And so um, I haven't really touched a bike in years, but I know a lot of people talked about it in Utah as well. And so, you know, being in a state where there's a lot of outdoor activities and people put a lot of emphasis on those of why they move here, I thought it'd be worth trying. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to try specifically for, for any of my yeah for any of my goals or myself in the past. But I thought, you know, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Can I say hell? <laughs> <laughs> and I tried it out, and even though it wasn't the greatest, I could see, I could see potential there. Right. And so even though it was a terrible experience the first time, terrible is a pretty strong word. It wasn't as enjoyable of an experience the first time. I could see myself enjoying it. And so trying again, you know, doing more research into the different kinds of bikes, looking around to see what different paths there are to ride, what I'm kind of looking for in the routes or in the bikes and ended up getting my own bike. That's pretty cool. It's a pretty yeah. big investment. So that must mean you like it a lot. Yeah. You talked about it a little bit, but I know you said the first time you tried it, it wasn't really that great. So what made you come back to try it again? Because I feel like when trying something new, a lot of people can get discouraged when the first time around it's too intimidating or things don't go as planned, which I feel like is expected when it's new. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to find that motivation to try again. 
I think in this experience, I was able to look at the experience and understand why I didn't like it, right? And so mm-hmm. my experience was I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't have water in a backpack. I didn't have my own bike for that matter. I didn't understand how the bike really worked. Those things aren't very straightforward sometimes. So so looking at all these things and seeing, well, if I would have done this differently and understood what or understood how the bike worked, had the right clothing, had water, eaten before. And that was the other thing. I hadn't eaten all day. And it was like later at night that I went. Given all these circumstances, if I would have changed them, would I have done better? And my thought process was, yeah, it would have been a better experience if, you know, the route I was on wasn't so difficult. I was just prepared more and did more research then I would have enjoyed it more. So I did that and I tried it again. And being able to reflect on the previous experience, I was able to change some of those things to where the the route was easier. I was more prepared with water. I'd eaten before, I think. And the experience was just a lot better. And I enjoyed it. I think that's good because, yeah, like you were saying, I feel like either from lack of preparedness or just not knowing what to expect when trying something new for the first time, it's definitely worth it to take that experience and learn from it and then just try again at least once more yeah. in better situations to see if it could be something that you might actually end up liking or it's really not your cup of tea. Huh? Cup. Cup. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that's with anything as well. Like if you were to go, like we did yesterday, if you were to go change your license plate, if you had a flathead screw that you needed to unscrew, but you <laughs> only had a Phillips screwdriver, it'd be a terrible experience. Yeah. Right? But if you had a flathead screwdriver, it would be easy and almost almost enjoyable, right? Where it's, <laughs> it's satisfying. It, yeah, I guess. it's so satisfying <laughs> to just like resolve something, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But it would just be satisfying to where like you completed what you're, you know, after and assuming that you had the right tools or process. Yeah. What's the most recent thing you've tried out? The last thing that I tried that was new for me was taking a silks class, like an aerial slash silks class. You kind of watch people do this in the circus type of thing. Uh, I'm sure they have performances elsewhere, but they have like these fabric things hanging from the ceiling and people like twirl up them and turn around and do flips and stuff around the, you know, while you're in the air hanging by these, um, these fabrics. And it was super cool. It was a really cool experience because it was something I'd been wanting to do for a really long time. But every time I kind of got around to maybe considering trying to do it, I always found some excuse to not, whether it was, I don't have the time, like my schedule's too busy, I don't want to pay for it, I can't find a studio, like blah, blah, blah. It was like all those different things, even though I knew that I wanted to do it because I thought it'd be fun, a cool way to like apply dance in, in a different way. So what helped me this time around was I had a friend who recently moved to town and before moving, she had been taking her aerial and silks class in her previous city. And so when she moved, she immediately found a new studio to take them here in Denver. And we were catching up and she was like, hey, if you ever want to grab food or catch up or take a workout class or whatever, we could do that. And she mentioned that she was taking silks class pretty regularly. And I was like, that's perfect because I haven't really been wanting to 
seek it out on my own or I just kept finding excuses not to. So it was kind of nice to have somebody to almost like force me to go um, or at least I felt obligated to. So yeah, I signed up for a class. I went with her and she brought one other friend that had never done it before either. And it was thankfully like a beginner's silks class. And so I thought that was neat because even though some of the people there had been there, you could tell for a long time and they knew what they were doing. The fact that it was like a set beginner's class, I knew at least one other person who had never, ever done it before. And then the people there were super nice. I think it was just a good environment to try something new. And it was fun. Plus, it was helpful that my friend was there and she had done silks before. And so even though she's still pretty new herself, she was able to kind of help. And I think that's a crucial part about trying new things is sometimes trying it with other people because it's less intimidating when you're not doing it yourself. Yeah, I was going to say that seemed to be like the common theme between ours. Oh, yeah. Is that there are other people that were doing it. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't feel alone trying yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. The uncommon thing, though, is that you said you always wanted to try it out. Yeah, yeah. And something finally prioritized you to do so versus my situation. I didn't always want to try it out, mm-hmm. but I figured I'd give it a go, you know? Yeah. So so on yours, situations like that where there's things we do want to try out, but we don't prioritize them. Yeah. Right? And I think this is a common theme with, I guess, feeling stuck in that we know there's something we want to do or try out, but don't you know make the time to do so or don't think it's a high part and we could wait. But what are we waiting for? Yeah, for sure. I mean, prior to taking that silks class, I had kind of been feeling similarly where, you know, I was like, I feel like something's missing. I kind of want to do something else with my time after work, but I don't know. Either I don't know what or like I'm too tired to at the end of the day and, and all this stuff, right? And so there's like this feeling of, being stuck kind of Mm -hmm. in my routine and knowing I kind of want to shake things up a little bit, but not quite making the step to do it. And so finally trying that one new thing was actually a really good moment to reinvigorate something different in my routine. I think that's good. And that feeling of being stuck, while I think it's true for these outside things that we can fill our time with, I think it's super relevant for work and our careers as well, because you can totally feel stuck where you are in your career, whether it's like in your job, in this role that maybe you've been in for a long time, maybe this team or company that you just have or feel this obligation towards because it's been such a long time. And I feel like it's scary and intimidating to even consider making a move or changing something about what you're so comfortable with. I think it just depends on what you're seeking out. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. But I guess when you reach a point where maybe you feel kind of stagnant and there's not necessarily anything concrete holding you where you are, but mentally you feel like you're obligated there somehow, or, you know, you're just feel financially, quote unquote, stable where you are, or you're comfortable with your routine of your commute and the people you work with and all this stuff. But you know, deep down that it's not working, or there's something that could be better, or things are getting too old. And so to finally make that change, I think can be hard when you're so used to something. 
Well, so, and I think this is the, the difficulty that I've done to myself a lot of times too, is, yeah, I think sometimes there's, there's a change that I want, right? But I don't understand what the problem is, mm-hmm. right? Because those things you explained, well, if you're, if you're fine with the commute, is it really that the commute's long and you just accept it? Or is it just that the commute has a lot of traffic? You know, is it that the people that you work with aren't enjoyable and you just accept it? Or are they actually like good people that you're content with, you know? So I think it just depends again on on what your goal is. If it's to grow and you just don't have that chance, then I think this kind of goes back to the other things we were just talking about is waiting for external factors, Mm -hmm. right? Like waiting for something bad to happen at work or waiting for you to finally crack because the commute has sucked. Right. And so breaking that paradigm to wait for some external factor, whether it's a person, right, right, like in our situation or an event, right, Mm -hmm. and being able to look at it personally, like we were saying in the previous episode, is journaling and writing those things down of what is it that you want that you can't have now? Because I think that's the hard part for your your company to help you out with is being able to is being able to quantify those things, right? And I think a lot of times I included think I just want more. Like I want more of this or I want more of that, but don't know what the details are that I'm actually looking for, you know? Yeah. That reminds me that I started reading this book called What Color Is Your Parachute? by Richard Nelson Bowles. And I actually found it after we started recording episodes for this podcast because it made me think a lot about my own career and how it aligns with what fills my cup. And I was like, well, what's a good resource to actually figure that out? And this book apparently has been around for decades and people have tried it. They've rewritten versions of it to make sense in today's world. And working through it, I'm only like a fourth of the way through the book. But it goes through some really interesting deep thought exercises to make you think about what's important to you and then using that to figure out what your career should be versus Mm -hmm. the other way where we always think about what careers are out there and available and then how do I match myself to one of those, you know? So I think this is a good point that you were making about not waiting for those external factors, especially if you feel like you're stuck or if you feel like, something's missing, even if maybe you don't know what it is. And I think that might be an even greater argument for trying to reflect internally to figure out what's important to you. Taking work aside, but just your values, what brings you joy or what brings you peace at least, and not makes you like stressed and even figuring things out that you don't like or would rather stay away from. And then by doing that self-reflection, I think it helps clarify if your current situation of your career is working or not. And maybe you find, yeah, there are some bad things about my job, but I can get over it. You know, like it's gonna be fine. Some of these things that are causing issues might be because of me, right? Or you find that things that are important to me at this very moment, my job just isn't fulfilling anymore and I need to change something. And then I think it's a new question of how do you actually go about doing that? But now I feel like you have some inner confidence, something within yourself where you know that change is going to be okay. And you're not just willy nilly making these rash decisions about your life, you know, like there's reason behind it. Yeah. And it also goes along with the Sunday conversations we have of, 
you know, a lot <laughs> of Sunday's scary lot, conversation. I mean, a lot of times we just come to this conclusion that, you know, we're in the wrong field in general, right? Yeah. But then Monday comes along and it, everything's fine. Yeah. Right? And sometimes we even like what we do. Like, we might not like the situations, but I mean, I don't know. Like, I like my job at its core, you know? I feel yeah. like you do too. So these huge drastic changes, right? A lot of times I feel like changing is driven by external factors, but also not changing is driven by external factors. I think a lot of people have priorities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Think of it, I guess, like bills, right? Bills, children, family. Obligations. Obligations. Thank you. That was the word. Mm -hmm. Obligations that dictate them from changing. And that's, it's fair, right, to say that you don't want to change jobs and move to another state because your family's located here and your kids are in, you know, high school, your friends are here, right? We've seen that a lot. And so you have to out, you have to... Weigh? You have to weigh, I was going to say outweigh. But you have to weigh the pros and cons for that too. And that, that requires reflection as well, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, is it... And I think we'll discuss this in a further episode about prioritizing yourself. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can't prioritize yourself, right? Yeah. If you have these other obligations. And, you know, if say you want to go from an engineering role like us mm-hmm. to, you know, be a teacher or a barista. Yeah. Right? Which are both passions of mine. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, is, is there anything stopping you from doing those things? No. Right. Right? Yeah. But when you really think about, is it worth the difference in, you know, your paycheck? Mm-hmm. Maybe, right? You don't yeah. know unless you try it. But is your situation enough to really warrant that change? No, because you, you looked and, you know, thought about doing it part time. Right. Right. To fulfill that. Which I'm fortunate to be able to do. Yeah. Right. Because like I have the time. I don't have all these obligations. Well, I think to fill elsewhere. And I think that goes with you make the time. Right? Oh, true. Right? Like you're making the time because if if you were to reprioritize school, <laughs> right, and take two classes at a time. Let's not talk about that. No, just kidding. Then you then you wouldn't make time, right? Right. But like, instead I'd be making time for exactly. school, which yeah. in that case would sound more important to me. Or instead, like point. you'd be making time for dance or you'd be making right. time for Fair. something else. Mm-hmm. right this podcast yeah right like you made time to do it and yeah. you could have argued you didn't have time because you worked a full-time job and also starting school right true so it's just a matter point. of making the time of, of what's a priority mm-hmm. and so for for that it's not a priority right and so if it was part of your current career in that you know you're able to to write down the priorities as the first step what is it right now that i can do and I think another thing along with that is looking at these situations and understanding what you can and cannot change. I think a lot of times we focus on the things we can't change when instead we need to focus on what we can change. Yeah. Right. I think that's the first step. And then within that bucket, you know, the things we can change, what's the biggest priority to change first? Mm -hmm. Right. Once that's defined, then... You know, you can more detail of it, like, yeah, I want to change my commute, right? How does that look? I commute every day. What can I change about that? Can I ask to not have to commute 
every day? You know, do I need to commute every day? Working remotely is a possibility and you won't know unless you have that discreet thing to say, I don't want to drive every day this far. So I want to change that. I want to work remotely more. So I want to change that. So let me try. And then find out if you can or not. Right? Mm-hmm. Same with, you know, your specific role. If you stay in the same industry, I feel like regardless of where you are and what team you are, you can still fulfill that, those underlying, I don't want to say needs that you identify for yourself, but knowing what those discrete needs are, people will want to help you to solve those. If it's like a location thing, even, mm-hmm. then if there's a problem with the location that you're at, but you want to continue the specific work that you're doing, there's possibilities for that. Yeah. Right. It, it depends on what company you work, I guess. But there's still potentials to resolve that if you just try to resolve them. I like that because it's taking change at a much smaller, manageable scale than drastically overhauling parts of your life, which is scary. And which I think most people accustom in their heads with fixing something. It means like fixing something in your life that's wrong equals changing something really big Mm -hmm. in order to make a big difference. But like you're saying, I don't think that's true. You could start small, see what maybe fixes, maybe doesn't, and then keep modifying from there to at least take small steps. And, you know, for some people, maybe it is like a drastic change eventually. But I think it's worth that reflection of what matters to you. And then within that list, what's most important that matters. And then how do you address each of those things in order? I think it's kind of like a trip, Mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of people say they don't want to plan a trip. They're better at just flying somewhere randomly and just figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Which I beg to differ. There are some people, like my sister, who love to plan things to the T in her Notion template before a trip. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, I honestly think it's bullshit that people say they don't want to plan anything and they're Mm -hmm. just going to do it randomly. Because I felt like I was at that point. Yeah. But the real so the real thing was I didn't want to plan it too detailed. Mm-hmm. I still wanted a plan of what could, I could expect on the trip yeah. or the things that I could do. But I didn't want to just be like, oh, I'm going to go to Hawaii and I'll figure it out in the three days that I'm there. Like you still need a plan of some sorts. Yeah. Right. And so I think it relates back to this where there's some people that I don't want to document my one-year goal, my two-year goal, my three-year goal. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I were to look at a higher level of five-year tenure, mm-hmm. it's still hard. I don't know if you ever had those interview conversations where you're like, where do you expect yourself in five years? Yeah. Like it changes all the time. For sure. Right? And the answer I give is always different. Yeah. Because right? it's always changing. Which is good. But, I mean, I think you're changing as a person yeah. and growing. But. but realistically, if you were to look at it and really sit down and think about it and put some time into it. I don't mm-hmm. think this is just something you can glance over and answer. I agree. Like you really have to sit down and think about what is my plan here? And like you were saying, taking the steps, like putting a plan together and saying, you know, I've identified this thing. This is what I can do to change it. This is what I can ask for change to occur. If it doesn't work, then what? And so taking a step approach to that. And if you try all these things and it doesn't work, then maybe there is a drastic change, mm-hmm. you know, That's that, needs, that, that yeah. is necessary. And then you can plan for that next. Yeah. And so the whole like huge change in careers, 
I don't think it's a bad thing mm -hmm. if you do that. But I think with a bike and the aerial thing that we were talking about is if you gradually work your way into it or prepare for it first, mm -hmm. right? I think you'll have a better experience like trying, you know, one class of something yeah, or trying a part-time thing or doing it for fun first or volunteering in that area, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think what you're getting at is especially when it comes to something that feels really big that affects other parts of your life, like what your financial source is, like a job, then doing things in low risk change or trying something new that's low risk might be a good start. Like if you're considering a career change that's in a different industry, or maybe you want to step into a leadership role and you just, you want to get there, but you don't really know how, or if it's the right time, then like you were saying, maybe you find those outlets elsewhere first to see if it's something that you actually want to do or to pursue. Like you find there's so many organizations nowadays, like after work organizations and groups of people where they invite people to, to, to speak, or you can organize an event or you mentor other, like you mentor students and stuff. And like, that's where you can kind of see in a low risk way leadership skills that you may have mm. or may need to improve or yeah let's say you were saying you want to make a industry shift to be a teacher well there's a lot of low-risk ways you can try that while still maintaining your current job like tutoring mm. or getting a part-time job somewhere that involves teaching and or volunteering with the school or volunteering right? with the school exactly so yeah i mean i think if you're fortunate enough to have the stability of your job and then if you really prioritize this and make the time, you could try things that are new in a low risk way and gradually make small changes to what you're trying to fix. Yeah. I also want to talk really quick about a good way to prioritize stuff because we were talking here about thinking about what's important to you or maybe what's things that are wrong or missing or feels weird about your current situation and how you can start to take steps to fix those. And I got this from the book that I was reading and I think it's genius. And maybe people do this already today, but I've never done this concretely on paper and it kind of changed things for me. And I had you try it with a car thing the other weekend where if you need help prioritizing anything because everything feels equally important or things feel way too important, like, like close together, they feel too close together in your rankings, in your head, a good way to do it is you write down, and it works best with things that are like 10 things or less. You write down your list. So like in this case, you would write down maybe 10 things that are either bothering you about your current situation, your current job, your current career, whatever it is. Then you go through each of those things. You look at number one on your list and you compare it to number two and then write down which one is more annoying at the moment. And then you do that for one and three, and then you do it for one and four and one and five. And then you repeat the cycle again with two. So then you compare two and three, two and four, two and five, et cetera, all the way to 10. So you do this and you end up with all these numbers and you basically count the number of times each number shows up and whichever number shows up the most, that's number one on your list mm. because you've obviously you've compared it side by side to each of the other things on your list and figured out this is clearly the most 
annoying thing to me right now. And with that, you now get this ordered list of what's bothering you the most. And you can now tackle from top to bottom what to change for each of those things. And that goes with anything. Like it goes with anything that you might need to compare or prioritize or whatever. But I think it's a cool exercise and very practical. So Yeah, that is pretty cool. I think the only thing I would change with that is do it over multiple days. Mm. Right? And yeah. maybe maybe even a week. Yeah. Because I think the things on Monday are gonna be different. Yeah. Than the things on Wednesday. That's true. Which is going to be different than the things on Friday, which is different than Sunday. Yeah. But I think you'll see a pattern mm-hmm. eventually where, you know, you might have 10 things on Monday and then you'll have 10 things on Wednesday where Wednesday has two different things than Monday. Yeah. And Friday has higher priority things than Monday. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll be able to see a trend of what the most pressing things are going to be because they should be common throughout. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully it's not 10 yeah. things every say. single day. <laughs> and then if it is like three different things on those days, then maybe you look at those three things yeah. subjectively and rank those. Right. Right. But I think like you were saying, it changes per day mm-hmm. and it changes over time. Yep. We don't want this to be a lingering thing where it takes months to resolve. Right. And we're just back to feeling stuck again. But I still think there might be some accurate data points. And, and like I was saying earlier, I don't think this is a quick fix. No. Right? Yeah. I think you should invest some time in it mm-hmm. to where, you know, you have those multiple days, whether it's once a day every for one week or if it's once every other day or, you know, you know you have a more, like, enjoyable day on Tuesday, right, if you go bike riding or go to dance. Yeah. Right? And you have a less enjoyable day on Monday, mm-hmm. right? being able to look at how that changes yeah, and consciously think, like, when you feel like you've had a good day or when you're feeling good, I feel like you know, but it's taking yeah. that extra second to think about why, mm-hmm. and then either, what, whatever works for you, whether it's writing it down, putting it in a notes app on your phone, or just, you know, mentally dedicating space to it, to remember what it is that's actually making you feel good, or what it is that's making you feel bad, because then that's stuff that you could take over time, you know, and realize the things that make you feel good that's what fills your cup and those are some things that you really should keep incorporating in your life yeah so I know you're saying that this part isn't really a quick fix which I agree but I think what could be a quick thing that anybody could implement right away is trying something new small or big or whatever like not work-related you know just in life in general yeah so this week I feel like a good challenge (laughs) Which, speaking of, we needed to revisit. How did you do (laughs) on your homework from the first episode? Not well. (laughs) I didn't prioritize it, which I should have. And that's realistic, right? It's hard when you're day-to-day. You you get caught up in it, so. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out the best way to remind myself Mm -hmm. to do it. I don't think... I mean, having alarms is hard. So I know I put something in my phone to do, like, look at my hands. But I forgot about it. And then at midnight now, I see <laughs> that it only pops up at midnight for, oh. the, whole, for the whole day. Weird. So, that's a user error. Yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> so I haven't resolved that yet. But, I mean, bringing it back up, I want to resolve it now. Yeah. And I don't think setting an alarm every hour is the best thing because 
I think there's different times where I would be more available to do it. And I also don't want the time to pass. Like if I'm available at the 30 minute mark to like take a walk, mm-hmm. then since I don't have an alarm, I don't think about it. But then my alarm's set for the hour mark and I'm not available. So I'm like, oh, I have to wait until the next time that the conditions match perfectly. Yeah. Right. And so I'm thinking what I what I need to do is set a reminder specifically for tomorrow and put a note on my desk. Yeah. Right. Like write something to have it on my computer to where I look at it and I'll see like when you're free, take a walk. Yeah. Or go take a break. And probably another note that says like, don't look at your phone. But Mm -hmm. something along those lines where that's going to be my kind of set point to do these things rather than what I thought would work. And this is like, you know, you just reflect on it. Like the phone thing didn't work. Exactly. I couldn't figure out how to do the alarm or a reminder to where it'd be good. So instead I'm going to try to put this, you know, sticky note on my computer that I'll look at all the time and maybe I'll do it so much to where it's finally annoying. That and you're like, I'll, I remo- <laughs> I'll remove the note and then just know that like, okay, I'm free. You need to take a break. Yeah. You know, another thing that you might try, well, you could try this one first, but a good idea would be to implement like an accountability buddy, like in person mm-hmm. where I think it's easier to start new habits when somebody else is counting on you for it also. So like if you have a friend or something in your workplace that will remind you and you remind them and because you have that awkward thing between each other that you know you're supposed to be going on a walk, you know, maybe you'll do it more. And I kind of feel that way, like Dewey's my accountability buddy at home. Yeah. He relies on me to take him out every so often, so I feel like I have to. So it's not an internal obligation, but it's external, so that could also be something to do. Yeah, I think the only hard part in my situation would be that my my time's not going to match with someone else's time. Fair. Whereas Dewey's free all the time. Yeah, <laughs> Dewey's a freeloader and doesn't so, do anything. So. so I definitely think in this scenario, it's it's up to me to figure out how to, yeah. how to do it. And I, I definitely want to try this way and see if that helps. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So, okay, yeah, good check-in for that. But yes, I think this week, this week or next week, within the next two weeks, I think it's fair to ask that a good goal, not just for everyone listening, but for us too, might be to try something new again. And it could be really small. Like it could be trying a new book or trying a new biking trail for you mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Try something new. doesn't have to be at work. I think it's probably better if it's outside of work. And then, yeah, if you're up for the challenge, if you're feeling stuck, I think it might be a good exercise to start with what we talked about where step one is really identifying what's important to you and making that priority list. And yeah, following on that is taking those steps to maybe identify what could change in small, low risk ways. Yeah. And I think the thing is to conclude with is if you try something new and enjoy it, well, that's a win. Yeah. Right. If you try something new and you don't enjoy it, well, you learned Mm -hmm. and that's also a win. Agreed. You know? Yeah, for sure. If you try something new and something bad happens, well, you can't plan for that. And something bad could have happened if you didn't yeah. try it at all. So, Also true. Yeah. Yeah. What's meant to happen will happen. So. Indeed. From the wise words of Hannah from last week, always try something once. As long as it's not dangerous or super dangerous or illegal. That's Just right. try it once. That's fair. <laughs> 
Yeah. Especially, maybe this is a sign, especially if you've been wanting to try something recently. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is a sign to go Consider try Consider this your push. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for next week's episode where we speak with another awesome guest.